You're listening to Behind the Wheels with Doug Mason, Dave Walters, and Mike Yeagley. This is a show where we talk about heavy truck and medium-duty axolands. Doug, Dave, and Mike bring close to 100 years of experience and expertise in the transportation business. Join us once a month to learn new things about axolands. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation. Welcome to Alcoa Wheels uh, Behind the Wheels. I'm Mike Yeagley. I'm Doug Mason. I'm Dave Walden. And today we have uh, Al Cohen from PSI who's going to help us understand a little bit about TPMS systems, inflation, and that sort of thing. So, hey, Al, thank you for joining us uh, on Behind the Wheels. Well, hey, thank you for the invite. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you, about your background, about PSI. Uh, Why don't we start out there? Okay, great. Well, I've been in the industry now for like 40 years, just getting the hang of it, (laughs) and spent the first 28 with uh, Goodyear Tire out of Akron, Ohio. And in a variety of roles, always in commercial tires, though. So tires and air pressure is my specialty. And then the last 14 years, I've been with PSI, based out of San Antonio, Texas. And uh, PSI, as you probably are aware, is the industry leader in automatic tire inflation systems, where air is automatically (laughs) added into the tires to make sure they're always running at the correct pressure. So, like you mentioned, PSI is the leader in automatic tire inflation systems. Uh, That's just on trailers. Automatic tire inflation is a trailer-specific technology. Exactly, because, you know, it it comes down to trailer tires are the most neglected wheel position of all the the tires out there. Uh, Steer tires always have the best pressure than the first drive axle and the second drive axle. And when you start getting to the trailer position, nothing but problems. People are just not checking the trailer tires. Okay, before, before we go too far, and now I know you're an expert, um, maybe our listeners need to kind of explain what is an active system, a passive system, and kind of kind of tell the difference between the two so they might kind of get a better understanding. Sure, absolutely. Great question, Dave. Well, you know, there's tire pressure monitoring systems, TPMS for short, and those are systems that just identify that you have a high-pressure tire or a low-pressure tire, and you get a signal inside the cab or if somehow the driver's notified that there's a tire issue, but that requires human intervention to really go and find air. That would be considered a passive system. You know, I was just talking to a guy earlier during the show here, here at uh, at TMC, uh, and and he was telling me about the problems he's having with uh, TPMS systems, where, you know, hey, they're great, they do what they need to do, but they are dependent on on that driver actually taking the time, and sometimes they choose not to. Too often, they choose not to, and they let that wheel just keep going low and low and drive with it. And so, you know, you've got something different. This active system is, is something dramatically different than that. Correct. Well, but let me go back into the passive system. Now there's technology with the telematics. We have this tire view system where you can actually have the tire pressure monitoring system, and then when the tire has an issue, either too low or too high, that information can be sent back to dispatch. Ah. and let the people know that, hey, there's a problem out there. Maybe you picked up a puncture, and now they can notify the driver, you need to be stopping at the next truck stop and get that tire checked out. So you can tie in, even though it's a passive system, we can make it a little more active now. A much, much more powerful uh, system than, the, than yes. the truly passive just going up to, the, up to the cab. Absolutely. Whereas now, but a true active system is where you're literally having the system add air as required. 
Okay. Okay, so that's uh, auto, what we call automatic tire inflation systems. And actually, PSI invented that concept from a patent, started with a patent 27 years ago. And today, it's found on about 70% of all trailers. 70%. So it's it's a That's big huge. percentage. Does it come? Do you come a standard then on the from the manufacturer that way or? How's, uh, yes. How's it work now? Yes, we can. You can spec the system OE through all the trailer manufacturers, or you can retrofit the system in under four man hours. Typically. Okay, oh, very simple So, system. again, uh, a lot of folks find out that, hey, you know, we, we have it on our new equipment, but it's so effective in especially reducing tire-related roadside service calls that they want to put it on the older trailers as well. Can you get into a bit of the detail of how that, well, you're talking about an active system, and how does that actually work? Obviously, if you're measuring, that's simple. You measure it. But now you've got an active system. Where does the air come from? The air comes from the same air that the ABS system, the anti-lock brake system, is using. So we're just borrowing air from the air tank that's on every trailer. So we have a pressure protection valve because, you know, brakes always have priority, of course. And then we're borrowing air when we need it. And all we're doing is running from that air tank, and we're going to a control box. And that control box is mounted typically in front of the tandems. And that's set to whatever pressure the fleet is running. So if they're running 100 PSI or 110 or 85, you adjust that. It's a pressure regulator in there. And then we're just going from there. So we're regulating the air. Normally, an air tank has what? 120 PSI. So we're regulating that down to whatever the, the fleet is running in their tires. And then what we're doing is we're taking advantage trailers. The axles are hollow. So, uh, so we're taking advantage of that fact, and that's where we're tapping those hollow trailer axles, essentially pressurizing the axle. And then from there, we run from the axle uh, to the end of the spindle. We have a special plug. We have a stator. We have a, a rotary union and a couple hoses, one-way check valves, and we go right into the tire. So it's essentially, if the tire is low, it senses the tire is low, it's going to be pushing air right in there. So if, the, if air is being added to a tire as it's rolling down the highway, let's say you pick up a puncture, then what happens is there will be a light that's on front of the trailer that the driver sees in his side mirror, and that tells him, hey, the system's working, doing its job, but at some point you need to let the maintenance know that, hey, we got a tire issue. But in the meantime, you're not stuck on the side of the road. Right. So it's a big, big plus. So uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to take a moment and sort of go into that, just highlight that last point you made, because I think that's critical. Mm -hmm. There is a feedback into the cab that tells you that this system is working. And if you see that, let's say it's a yellow light or whatever the white color, light, it's right. a white light. Okay, if that white light is on continually, you know you've got a big problem. You've right. got to, you've got to get something taken care of. Correct. But uh, exactly. So, uh, but the the beauty of the system is is that. You know, if the driver reacts to that, well, he knows there's an issue. The system's working and it's doing its job. But here's the key. As soon as the track, let's say it's a morning walk around, okay? As soon as the tractor is hooked to the trailer, the brakes are released, air is flowing back into the system, that light may come on because it's, it's uh, adding air to the tires. The key is that the driver should never, ever, ever leave the yard if that light's still on. That's saying that there's probably a tire issue. And that, uh, hey, get that tire fixed now before you're down the highway. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like an early warning uh, 
uh, t notification. It's, so once it, one, you need to sit there and watch it air up the system first to begin. It and may take one or two minutes. That's going to take a minute or two. Right. And the, but if it continues to be on after that, right. then you've got a chance right then, right there, to get something taken care of exactly. while you're still in the yard. Exactly. Now, do you have a, a telematics set up for that as well so that you don't rely on the driver? Correct. So, right. So now what we have is we can actually put a sensor right on that tire valve, uh, a sealed sensor, and that sensor can send the information through a radio frequency mm -hmm. to a box like any, like the telematics, whatever right. company, whatever, whatever telematics yep. the fleet's using, and that will send the signal uh, and send it up through cellular or, or uh, <coughs> by, uh, you know, normally cellular yeah, that yeah. is going up there. The other thing I'm thinking like Skybits, they right. would use a... Uh, satellite type right, right. system, but somehow that information gets to dispatch and lets them know that a specific tire has an issue and, you know, you need to address that and be proactive. So that way you're identifying the right. specific tire that has the issue rather than just there's a problem. Correct. And, you know, the key is on tires, and, and Dave knows this really well, is that typically if you get a puncture in a tire, it's not a massive blowout, okay? Uh, it's a, typically a slow leak because normally a tire... Uh, through just osmosis is going to lose two, three you know, pounds a month just sitting there. Correct. But if you get a puncture now, you could be losing two, three, four pounds a day, and before you know it, you got a big problem. So the idea is that the system will keep up with the puncture and uh, you know, keep adding air, but again, you, at some point, you need to get that tire repaired. Uh, you bring up a great point because in the industry, it used to always be, you know, like the driver is in control. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I dealt with a fleet, and the guy says, you know, the, my drivers are taking the light bulbs out at night because they hurt their <laughs> eyes. And it's supposed to be that they do something. But he said, you know, as soon as they really get something that I might know back mm -hmm. at the shop, mm -hmm. it's okay. But he says, these guys sometimes just say, hey, it's working okay. But at nighttime, that little light hurt their eyes. So, <laughs> you know, I, I guess everybody in the industry is trying to, like, okay, this is pretty set free, but there's one guy in the seat that can change the whole system. Yeah. So. And so well, the key is that, you know, you take the driver out of the equation. So, so you want to let the driver drive. Yes. And not worry about anything else in the truck. And so if you can send that information back, like you're saying, that's a huge benefit for huge benefit. the fleet because they can make the decision right away. And it's a benefit for the driver because he doesn't have to worry about that. Correct. Correct. And again, no one wants to be stuck on the side of the highway. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's a safety issue. Uh, Just-in-time delivery is affected. You're penalized. It's, it's all negatives. Sure. And again, we didn't even talk about this, but, you know, tires are a huge investment. I mean, yeah. you're looking at an average, of, you know, four or $500 for a commercial truck tire. You multiply that times 18 or 16 or 22, whatever you have, it's a huge number. You have eight, ten thousand dollars worth of tires on a typical 18-wheeler. Big investment, okay? Right. So if you can right. protect that asset, and uh, it's great because, you know, if you have the right pressure all the time, your tread wear is better, which leads to better removal miles. Your fuel economy is better, which is huge. Tire-related roadside service calls will disappear, and your retreadability will be better because, again, the tire is running cool. Well, I've got another one for you that okay. goes into uh, our life. If you keep that tire pressure consistent between both of the duels, the load stays the same on both of those as well, and that is a big benefit for That is a huge problem for us. You know, from, from a wheel standpoint, one of the big problems we have is, is exactly what Doug is saying. Low pressure on that inner duel, all the load gets transferred to the outer duel, and now you've got problems. You have wheels cracking. You got all sorts of things going yeah, wrong. Yeah, Dave, you've you. seen right. you've seen that year. Right. year over oh year. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, again, I, I love the PSI system 
you know, and I, I'll never say that around Al in a meeting, but I, <laughs> I, I am an avid supporter of PSI systems in the field when I go out to talk. And I know the answer, but I've got to ask you this. Like, you know, we were talking about tire costs. Wide base, the tire costs are really big. Mm -hmm. PSI, you have very good success with that. Well, anyone running wide base pretty much runs the PSI tire yeah, inflation yeah. system because, you know, there's no safety valve now. So if you get a puncture in a wide base, you're stuck. Yeah, you're done. Okay? You have no limp home capability. Even though, you know, we don't advocate limp home capability even on duels, it still happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you may be able to get to That's the next right. truck stop. But with the wide base, when you get a puncture, you're down. Well, and uh, those wide base tires are pretty darn expensive, right? And so... So you really need to protect that investment. And, and that you know, one of the big problems I've heard in the industry is maintaining that air pressure in those wide base tires. Otherwise, you're going to get shoulder wear. You're gonna, all sorts, of, especially in the trailer applications, I think. Uh, shoulder, if I remember yeah. right, shoulder wear is the big issue, or was. I, I think now that everybody's moved over to uh, automatic tire inflation systems, that, that's been mitigated. Maybe not resolved completely. It's still something that they have to keep an eye on, mm -hmm. but I think that's a big part of the solution is, is things like ATIS. Absolutely. So, again, you know, that's why, you know, we're actually selling uh, tire inflation in 46 countries now. And it's, uh, uh, and the reason is it's an issue around the world. Sure, I mean, right. and, and again, trailer tires are the most neglected wheel position out there. Um, you know, most of the time that trailer is, you know, not is leased. And, you know, it's not the driver, so, you know, your company's responsibility per se. No one wants to take ownership. Plus, it takes a long time to be checking all 18 tires to go around the vehicle and, you know, do a serious, uh, right, you know, walk-around right. inspection. I mean, the guys will walk around. Some guys even still take a hammer and a baseball bat and, you know, hey, it looks we're, good we're to not, me. We're not real fond of that. No, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, but, if, but if it's a calibrated baseball bat, it's okay. <laughs> I think there was actually a meeting here at TMC uh, this, this year that uh, had something to do with killing the mallet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. got a task force <laughs> killing the mallet. So uh, right. hopefully we'll kill the mallet, but it, that's a been a long time in our industry. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, might as well bring that up right now for those who are listening, though. I mean, it is uh, a serious situation to understand the air pressure and to take that properly and not to think that you can do it any other way than actually physically getting a measurement, mm -hmm. whether it's through a system or whether through it's actually hands-on measuring it so that you are not guessing at what you have in your tires. Well, yeah, one, uh, once the industry changed to radial tires, you can't look and say, oh, that's a low tire anymore. You can't tell, exactly. You, you, right. you right. can't tell. And, and right. it, the, the drivers and, and the maintenance folks need to be humble enough mm -hmm. to be able to say, hey, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that there's real power in being able to say, I don't know sometimes. Exactly. You know, and, the, and so you know, that gets you on the right road to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you, know, you, you can't visually see a low tire. You can't hear a low tire. I spent a lot of time overseas, and Japan was notorious. You know, they're a very traditional culture, and they would not use an inflation. They wouldn't check the inflation. They wouldn't use a gauge because their, their father and their father before mm -hmm. them taught them to, to thump it, and they wouldn't move away from that. Wow. And, uh, and they're finally now, I think in the last five years or so, with a huge push from the tire industry, a huge push from the wheel mm -hmm. industry, getting the, the industry to finally flip to checking the inflation pressure. But that was one of the most, uh, the, again, a very traditional way of doing things because they're trying to honor the people that taught them. Understand. And that it's tough to get something like that going. Mm -hmm. Things are better here in the US, but nobody's gonna tell you that they thump tires, right? How prevalent is this? 
Well, uh, you know, thumping it happens. I mean, I mean, if you go to any truck stop for 1995, you can buy an official tire thumper. I mean, they're still <laughs> selling them. I saw that. I saw yes, that at that, the truck. But the best one is, is that uh, I was at a truck stop recently, and they had a special for only 13.95. You get the tire thumper, and I'm looking at the packaging, and it said it was calibrated. So I was very <laughs> impressed. I was very impressed. I don't know who's the head they're calibrating it on, but it was good. But just to you know, you, uh, digress a minute on tire gauges itself, yeah, yeah. even the normals, we've done a lot of work over the years on the accuracy of tire pressure gauges. And we've, had, we've talked about this in, in all our task forces over the years. And they're just not very accurate. You know, a stick gauge is simply a, a spring and with a, with a plastic piece with numbers on it. And, and those springs time. vary, first of all. Everything comes from China. R right, right, out, right out of the package, it's right. going to be variation. Ver it's plus or minus 3 PSI right out of the package. So in other words, if you're measuring a tire that's 100 PSI, depending on which gauge you pull out of your pocket, it could be 97, it could be 103. That's brand new out of the box. Then you start dropping it one time or two times or three times, and you know, depending on how it hits and bounces <laughs> off the concrete, you can be plus or minus five in, you know, in a matter of hours. So just because you have a brand new gauge doesn't yeah. mean it's very accurate, and you need to be checking it versus like a pressure gauge uh, station of some sort where you can you know, really see if it's any good. Well, if it's not you good, you just toss it and get a new one. Yeah, would you have a recommendation on how to, how to do that or what are some <coughs> of the better gauges that would be out there? Is there something that is preferred to be used? Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's like anything else. Only one gauge is actually manufactured in this country right okay. now. So, I mean, you may want to take a look at that one. That seems to be, you know, a little, little bit better than some of the offshore ones. Yeah. But still, the, the, the concept is all the same. So, again, depending on where they purchase that spring and that spring stiffness coefficient yep. could vary, and that will change the accuracy of the gauge. So you need to be checking versus what we call a, 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 a calibrated gauge station, you can, which, yep. which can be purchased. And it's pretty accurate. You have one in your yard or something. And yes. Then, you know, and, and then everybody can check their gauge against that thing. Right. And, you know, I, I've been to many, many fleets. Dave's been the same where we go to a fleet and, you know, there's 10 mechanics and they all have a gauge in their pocket. Right. Some yeah, of them yeah. uh, have even taped it up and contoured through their hand and we'll check a tire and we'll get 10 different answers because the guy's been using the same stick gauge for 20 years and we find <laughs> out that it's 15 pounds <laughs> off, you know. So, uh, you it, know, you got, you got to give the guys credit, though. I mean, they're, they're they're out there trying to do the right thing. Correct. correct. You know, you, you, and and they're, 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 you know, the, the fact that they don't have a calibrated gauge, mm -hmm. okay, we get it. But sure. that, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. I mean, right. and we've all seen. But it, it's funny. I was just at Shop Talk, and one of the comments came up about checking, and they asked the fleets, how many of you guys have a master gauge? I was almost amazed how many of them raised their hand. It said they do. They do have yeah. in their shop. And the one guy says really? the tire dealers come to him to check their gauges. <laughs> and you're good. thinking, my God, this is your business. But, uh, yeah. you know, that was kind of that. But yeah. now the one question I got, because when we talk in tire inflations, mm -hmm. and I, I keep on trying to stress how important, you know, you, I know in your previous life you used to talk about how little the PSI has to do and start transferring load between duels. Oh, yeah. Can you give us, a, like, a little, you know, like, you know, like five PSI transfers 
X amount of load to the other dual. Yeah, what what right. is the damage that's done if your gauge is not calibrated? Sure. Is another way to put it. Well, the, the key is for duals, you want to be within five PSI yep. of each of the tires. The reason being is that the revolutions per mile will change dramatically. So if you've got, you know, if you had like a 20 PSI difference, uh, you know, that little tire is trying to keep up with the big tire, and that's when you start bouncing and scrubbing and getting all these issues, and that's when you get the irregular wear, you transferring the load. You know, to the yep, bigger yep. tire, the little tire is scrubbing, and then you get that domino effect, and that's when you get uh, problems down the highway. So you want to stay away from that, and that's another reason why tire inflation is so important to try to keep those uh, pressures, you know, as close to uh, spec as possible. So the big issue is on the when you have duels and and you're, we'll say out five five psi or more mm -hmm. out of unison, I'll mm -hmm. call it, between the two duels, then you're really starting to have problems Correct. and you're going to start getting that, that tire scrub. Right. So Don't forget, air carries the load. So you want to be the, the correct pressure based on your worst case load scenario. And that's really the, the key that, yeah. that, that the owner-operators and fleets don't understand. It's not your average load, right, okay? Right. Because then you're going to be in problems. You want to know your worst case load per tire. Okay. This is where like uh, a logging industry is a good example, where in logging, they always tend to put the biggest log on the left rear of the, of the, of the, okay. uh, of the trailer, okay. or the, you know, it's a flatbed yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it turns out that that left rear tire now is, is like double the, the load that it should be. Right. And then they wonder why that left rear tire is failing all the time, right. because the big log is always put on the, on the back left side. And again, it, but it's running at the same pressure as the other tires, so the total gross vehicle weight's right, okay, right, right. but the actual tire load is not, you know, is, is way balanced. over spec. So it's really the, you need to measure your load per tire, you know, load per, uh, actual worst case load per tire. So, and our, you know, our listeners should know what their worst case load is going to be. Yes. You know, they're, they're going to have some pretty good idea of, of what to expect when they, when they load up. If they're loading up lumber, mm -hmm. it's going to be a hell of a lot different than if they're loading up potato chips. Correct. They're going to have a real good idea of that variation or, or what they're talking yeah. about. So we've covered the, the importance of the duels and, and maintaining the air pressure. What about the uh, tire patch with air pressure? If you have too much air pressure, if you have too little air pressure, mm -hmm. especially we'll talk about too little air pressure, okay. what does that do to your tire patch? Well, um, when you say tire patch, is like the tire footprint. The tire footprint. what the guys the really footprint. call it. And, you know, there's an optimum tire footprint to get your maximum fuel economy, to get your maximum mileage. Tire wear. Tire wear. So the key is, is that, uh, you know, tires are designed to run at this optimum footprint. It may be, you know, 100 PSI at a load of, you know, 5,000 exactly. pounds or whatever it may be. But if you know your actual worst case load, then we have what we call these load inflation tables that are published by all the tire and wheel companies. And it will tell you, based on this load, this is the pressure you should be running to get the optimum tire footprint. And that's consistent from everybody's pretty much agreed on that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know, whose tire it is. If it, based on the size right. and the load range of the tire, this is the pressure, this is the load inflation table. And typically okay. what that table will do is say, hey, okay, you want to go... I don't know, 10% higher load, then you, and it gives a little, the, the table says you've got to slow down a little bit. If I, you know. Right, right. The faster you go, you know, you're generating more heat, right. too. That's a big issue. But the key is that you want to have, uh, like, if you were running, uh, let's say you're running, you know, potato chips, to use your example, you know, outbound and steel coming back, you don't want to base your load on the potato chip load. You want right. to base it on the steel load, okay? Yeah. But then when you're running potato chips, the footprint is, like, really, really tiny, 
because right, yeah, you got a big difference. Yeah, so then you're going to get irregular wear development. That's your worst case scenario. Actually, the worst case scenario is if you're running fully loaded going out and empty coming back. Yeah. Okay, that's your worst case scenario. Especially Those, if it's if you're hauling steel. Right. Steel going out, empty right. coming back. Right. So and, and people don't adjust their air pressures based on the load. So but you're basing it on the worst case load. So right. those type of fleets typically have a lot of irregular wear, because again you're you, it's it's you you're not optimizing it based on your load. Yeah, this is well, this is where the importance of the logistics guys come in. You yes. Know, and making sure that that load is somewhat. You know, that you're never driving completely empty all the way. Correct. Now, this Correct. is kind of a little bit off base, but on that, could you, from a lift axle perspective, take advantage of that then, right? You go out with both axles down at a certain load, come back with one axle up, then you might be able to sure. balance that out, right? Right, right. A right. little bit, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. But that's not, you know, normally, that's not normal, the, no. the, again, for a normal a line haul, you know, van trailer, for example, a reefer, I mean, it's just tandem no. axle and, you know, there's no lift axles right. or anything else going on. Okay, Al, I got one question to you. I, I, you know, again, I'm a full supporter of the PSI system. Is there any routine or scheduled maintenance in your system, or is it? You know what I mean? Like 10,000, 20,000. Is there any scheduled maintenance? Or, or is, is it, it plug and play? You yeah. just, just <laughs> no, go. Every system has maintenance required. And in this case, we have one wearable component, which is the rotary union. We oh, call yeah. it a through T. And so how do you check if there's a, you know, an issue there? Because eventually it's going to wear out. And normally it lasts three to five years, sometimes seven. But soapy water, when you for your normal PM, you put soapy water around the uh, end of the, you know, at the rotary yep, union. Yep. You see a bunch of bubbles. Well, probably, you, you know, it's time to replace that. It takes, you know, th you know, 90 seconds to pop a new one in and, you know, take the old one out. And, you know, it's no right. big deal at all. That'll also show up with that white light, though, right? Right. Now, the other thing, if, if there was a leak, uh, overall oh, yeah. leak somewhere in the system, uh, and that light, you know, just doesn't go out, you know there's uh, an issue somewhere. That, that might be one of the first things to look at, right. too, you know, is to make sure that you, you've right. got those rotary. And then, and Dave raised his point a little bit earlier, on that light, okay, we have people where you want to make sure that light's really working, that someone didn't, you know, chop <laughs> yes, the, uh, right, the wires. Right. or Take put, the bulb out. Yeah, just take the bulb out, because it has LED light. You yeah, know, it's amazing so. what a screwdriver and a hammer can do. You exactly, because, you know, the driver gets irritated, you know, right off the bat, Dave mentioned about, hey, that, you know, the driver sees that light, it's, 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 it's bothering his eyes or something, it doesn't tell anybody. So we've seen people actually, you know, take black paint or, you know, spray paint and cover that light. You're you kidding know. me. No, no. Oh, I've and seen a lot of duct tape on them. Duct yep. tape and, you know, cut the wire. So at a PM, you want to make sure the light's really working. How do you do that? We have a control box, and there's a little petcock on the bottom. And if you open that petcock for, like, two seconds, that will drain the air out of the axle, mm -hmm. and that light should pop up immediately. Right. If it doesn't come on, then you know there's something going on. Okay. Okay. So do you have, like, a troubleshooting guide then? And yes, stuff, of right, course. That come along with this, sure, right? The PM sure. maintenance there. Everything would come along with what you got. Absolutely, you get the whole package. So, any yeah. other troubleshooting items you need to you'd like to cover before we we uh, sign uh, off? No, again, uh, you know, essentially, again, soapy water is your is the best deal. See a bunch of bubbles, time to replace that component. Okay, I got one closing question that would be: Do you ever see tractors being able to get an active system, somewhat like a PSI system? Well, we have uh, uh, active systems for a tractor, but they're external. Yes. And we use those like down in Mexico because like in Mexico, they don't care that there's, wi there's uh, pipes hanging on the side of the vehicle. For them, it's safety. They don't want to be stuck anywhere. Right, right. Because they can get robbed or, you know, yeah. attacked or whatever. That's so so we I've have... i that in other countries as well. Right. Where 
where they have the external systems for sure, like buses. Like going they into, do that well, a lot. Going into the, the bush as well. Yeah, exactly. Anything where you're going to be way away, you want to do whatever you can to stay running. Oh, no question. So, so we have that. This country, though, people yeah. don't want to see anything on the side of the vehicle because there's no place to route the air on a tractor. I mean, not like a trailer. Yeah. There's hollow axles. There's no hollow axles on a uh, uh, on a trailer. There's you know, there's hollow axles. There's nothing on a tractor. Right. So you need you know. Uh, unless you you know drill through the axle yeah. and everything, and it's too expensive. No uh, one's no, going to no, do it. No, no, no one's going to mess with that. And the same so. thing with the steer. Is there any any system that handles the steer? Uh, I think the steer would be very important. As no, well. again, that's why this uh, TPMS is what the it's tractor guys are using yeah. now, so you can be proactive. Because, yep. like I said, it's usually a slow leak. You get a puncture. Now you know about that leak. Yep. Okay, and now you can uh, let uh, the driver or dispatch know that there's an issue, and then they can get yep. you know, that taken care of. So that's really the solution for tractors. Not an active system, but a, a passive system, but let them know what's going on. Right, yeah. yep. right. Well, Al, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for joining well, us. Well, I appreciate it, and it's great being with you guys. Yes, thank you, thank very you much. so much. Appreciate All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank Dave, you. Thank, thank you, guys. You. Well, thank you, Al, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. On Behind the Wheels. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation, manufacturing, and technology. Inventing the first forged aluminum wheel in 1948, its team of experts continue to develop the most lightweight, efficient, and high-performing commercial vehicle aluminum wheel products. Bringing you revolutionary innovations like Alcoa Durabright wheels, Alcoa Durablack wheels, the new Alcoa wheels hubboard technology, and the lightest truck wheel on the market, Alcoa Ultra One 22.5 by 8.25 wheel. Alcoa wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation.